It's Fiscally Irresponsible Friday here on TM5, sponsored by Incredible Pulp Lemonade. It's Say no shows no mercy. Whatever, Tim. Your mom goes to college. I have misplaced my pants. Good morning, West Georgia, and welcome into the Morning Five podcast. Today is indeed fiscally irresponsible Friday. I am Bryce Sparling, and today is National Ice Cream Cone Day. I think the only appropriate type of ice cream cone has to be a waffle cone. If you order ice cream and you get it in a cone and you give me one of these flimsy styrofoam piece of crap cones that you get at like Dollar General, I don't want that, man. That stuff gets soggy in like 2.5 seconds. I want a thick, homemade, tasty, crispy waffle cone. I don't I don't like the normal styrofoam uh Cones, I just, they don't they don't taste good. I don't like those things. They just get they get soggy after the ice cream has been. And you can't put as much ice cream in those things either. Like they kind of they kind of trick you with how much ice cream is actually in the cone. I don't like those. Once you when you get a waffle cone, like there's still ice cream in the cone of the waffle uh, after you eat the top cone. Uh, you know, after you eat the couple scoops on top. But the nor- a normal waffle, a uh, normal ice cream cone, man, it's just I don't like those. They're they're crappy. They don't taste good. They taste like they taste like styrofoam or cardboard or something. They're terrible. I hate those things. Uh, so today is National Ice Cream Cone Day. Like I said, only proper type of ice cream cone is a waffle cone. Last night, the Braves beat the Nationals 10-3, moving their magic number, I think, down to 6. I believe their magic number is now 6 to clinch uh, the best record in the National League. I feel like it was just 10 like two weeks ago, but it is down to 6, I believe, uh, last night. Uh, Austin, Austin, Austin Albies. Ozzie Albies, that's the guy's name. Ozzie Albies with four RBIs last night. Olsen also with an RBI, hits his 53rd home run for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Albies hit his 32nd home run for the Braves. Acuna with another triple. That's his fourth triple uh, on the year. Riley, Ols- uh, Riley Olson, Ozuna Harris, Darno, and Arcia all with RBIs. Darno with his 39th. Ozuna with his 87th. Olsen with his 132nd. Austin Riley with his 103rd. Or excuse me, Albies with his 103rd and Austin Riley with his 92nd home run. I mean, if you look at some of the stats right now that these Braves players could eclipse, it's pretty crazy. Uh, You know, we talked about the home run thing. We have right now, I I would say, three guys that are realistically going to get over 40. Uh, So Matt Olson's flown past that. He's at 53. Ronnie is one home run away from 40, and Austin Riley is four home runs away from 40. He's at 36. So I would say there's a there's a very good possibility that those three guys probably go north of 40, maybe just at it with Austin Riley. It's four home runs with nine games left, I believe. 360, yeah, nine games left. Uh, but you have you have one, two, three, four, five. You have five guys that are over 30 home runs with Ozzy, Ozuna, Riley, Acuna, and Olsen. And who thought who thought uh, Ozuna was going to be over 30 home runs this year? Especially the way he started out the year. I mean, he started out the year horrible. I mean, just absolutely horrible. Uh, you have three guys right now that are at or above 100 RBIs. Matt Olsen with 132, Ozzy Albies with 103, and Acuna with 100. Austin Riley's right behind him with 92. He would need eight RBIs in the next nine games to get to that century mark. 
Marcelo Zuna, I, I think the ship has sailed on him getting to 100. He's at 87 right now. He would need 13 RBIs in nine games. Once again, not impossible, but it would have to be a very, very hot nine games for Marcelo Zuna to close out the regular season. So, so just some of the stats that the Atlanta Braves are going for uh, here to close the season out. Max Freed looked phenomenal last night when six innings, giving up one earned run and striking out seven. That's the type of outings that I want to see out of who is the guy who is probably going to be our ace or Spencer Strider might be our ace going uh, into into the postseason. That's exactly what I want to see. We're two wins away from 100. Let's refocus. Let's go ahead and sweep the Nationals here in this four-game set, uh, see what happens at home versus the Cubs, and then sweep the Nationals again to end the season. Great outing by Freed. I think Max is now. I think he's eight and one on the season. Not not that uh, not that wins. You know we don't we don't put much value in wins here on the morning five. But yeah, Max Freed. Yeah, now eight and one, two fit two five five ERA. Once again, that can't be counted because he missed so many so many games. But eighty Ks. I, I mean, that's it's a great job out of Max, especially coming off the the injured reserve or the injured list for so long. Like it's great to see. I mean, as, since he's since he's came back from injury. Max has uh, Max has really looked good. I mean, he's only had one start where he's given up more than three earned runs since coming off since coming off the injured list. So Max Freed kind of picking up where he left off uh, in May. I think is when he went on the injured list. Uh, in May, May, early May too. Like very, very early May. So Braves win last night, ten to three. They face the Nationals once again tonight. Uh, and you are probable starters for that. I think it's going to be Charlie Morton on the bump for us. Uh, doo, 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 let me pull up the schedule. It is going to be a Morton, Morton and Corbin. So Charlie Morton versus Corbin tonight on the bump. 7.05 start. We won't be able to watch it because we'll have Friday night lights. Speaking of football, before we get to Friday night lights, Falcons are at the Lions this weekend. Falcons right now 2-0, Lions 1-1 one one on the season. Lions, this is a really good Lions team, though. This is a very good Lions team. They're going to go as, as far as Jared Goff gets them, essentially. Uh, and, and Jared Goff, he's not a bad quarterback. He's just sort of game manager. I, I, would, I would think Jared Goff and Desmond Ritter play very similar games. Jared Goff is better than Desmond Ritter. Don't, don't kid yourself. But the, the role in their offense that both of those quarterbacks were asked to play very, very similar. They are both asked to play sort of game manager positions. You know, uh, one of the keys for the Falcons this weekend, I want to see the Falcons get all of their weapons involved in the same game. We haven't seen it so far this year. We've seen, we've seen Bijan do good things. We've seen Tyler Algier do good things. We've seen Pitts do good things. We've seen Drake London do good things, but we haven't been able to see all of our weapons have a good game all at the same time. It's either one guy has a good game here, one guy has a good game here. I want to see everybody involved. I want to see everybody involved. I want to see targets forced to Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Like you got to get the ball in your playmakers. You got to be more ingenuitive on offense to get the ball in space to your playmakers. You just have to, especially when you spent three first round draft picks on Kyler on on, uh, on Pitts. Drake London and B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson is going to get his. I mean, he's going to be probably your bell cow for the rest of the year. I know Tyler Algier is going to be playing Cordero Patterson when he's fully healthy. He'll he'll steal a couple carries and a couple touches away from B. John. But B. John's going to be your bell cow more more than likely the rest of the season. I mean, your leader in receptions right now on the Falcons, Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins. Like uh, we've got to get the ball 
out to our playmakers. We got to do a better assertive job of that. Defenses looked good so far for the Falcons. Defenses looked really good. I'd like to see them get to the quarterback a little bit better than they did uh, last week versus the Packers. That concerned me just a bit. But the defenses look pretty good. I mean, the defenses, I think the defense is going to keep them in games. Uh, right now, I believe, let's see what the line is on this one. There's some crazy, crazy lines. I believe the Lions are favored in this. Uh, yeah, Lions are favored by a field goal, so it's essentially a pick em game because you get a field goal at home. Um, and I think this is a very this is a very close matchup. A minus three, I would take the Falcons. I don't know if I would take the Falcons on the money line, but I don't think, I don't, I think the Falcons could step up and win this. I just, I, I feel like the, sh the other shoe has to drop. Are the Falcons really going to start 3-0 and in this season? They're really going to start 3-0? and Is this going to be the Falcons, the, the year the Falcons win the NFC South? Like, that'd be crazy. Uh, so Falcons at Lions on Fox, Sunday at 1 p.m. Let's get to Friday Night Lights. We went over a little bit yesterday. We're going to get a little bit more in depth today. Uh, Bowden is a 22-point favorite at home versus Temple. It's going to be interesting to see what Temple does and how they respond to two straight losses. They started the season off so hot, 3-0. and I mean, rushing for over 300 yards in all three of those games individually. And the the wheels just sort of fell off the wagon the past two weeks. Uh, but it, it, it you know, I, I believe that they're going to get them back on the wagon and be competitive again this year. Uh, it just... I don't... Your fate, like Bowden, Bowden just has so much offensive firepower. Like, Bowden really seems like they've gotten it roll in the past three weeks. I mean, they put up 42 versus Bremen, 40 versus Tattnall, and 49 versus Dade County. And, they, I mean, it, it just it looks it looks and feels like Bowden has their thing running. I'm not sure Bowden wins by 22, but if it's a straight pick em, I, I mean, I'm going to take Bowden. Don't be surprised if this one's close in the fourth quarter. And I think Temple can keep it close in the fourth quarter and keep it at a one-score game just because of the offense Temple runs. Uh, that that true trip, uh, the, you know, the the true wing tee, I believe, is what they're running out there now. Um, and, and that can just grind teams down. They can just grind the clock down and limit the amount of possessions that Bowden has. And I think that's what Temple is going to try to do. I th I'm taking taking Bowden to win this, but uh, give me give me Temple plus twenty two if you're going to, you know, not take the money line. Bremen is a thirty three point favorite at Ridgeland. Bremen. I think Bremen's going to win this. I, I I think. I know Bremen's going to win this. Bremen's going to go up there and get a big road win for Coach Rooster Russell. I don't know how good Ridgeland is. 33 points on the road is massive. That is a massive, massive line. Um, I'm definitely taking Bremen to win this one. I don't believe. I think Ridgeland might be the worst team in their region this year. They're 0-4 right now. So the minus 33 might, it, it might cover. I'm definitely taking Bremen to win. Uh, but the minus 33, that's, that's a huge number. It's just a huge number, especially on the road. Uh, and as I say that, Carrollton is on the road. Carrollton is a 33-point favorite against Hillgrove. I am taking Carrollton, and I am taking Carrollton at the minus 33. I think they go in there and just absolute mollywop Hillgrove uh, right before. I mean, they got one more game before region play starts, and then then they go on to region play. I think they probably beat them 47-7 to or 42 to nothing somewhere around there. Uh, so, yeah, 30, minus 33, I'm taking it. Heard County at home versus Clarkston. Heard County, a 42-point favorite. 42 points. Heard County could quite possibly be the best 0-4 team in the entire state. They have played just a murderer's row. They've played Bremen, uh, who I think is going to surprise a lot of people with how good they're going to be in region play. They played South Atlanta, which is probably the most athletic team. 
that Heard County is going to see all year. They play Callaway, who might win a state championship this year, although they did just have four kids that were ruled ineligible uh, down there for Callaway. So that might put a little damper on their season. And they went up to Raven County, and Raven County is, you know, Raven County is Raven County. I mean, it's, that's near South Carolina. They just they keep reloading. Callaway, three in the state. Raven County, seven in the state. So their, their schedule up to this point has been an absolute murderer's row uh, and I've heard it from multiple sources that their game against Rabin County and now the score was a 45 to 13 just shellacking. But I've heard a lot that said Heard County played the best football all year that they've played. Uh, they played it up in Rabin County. So they get a home game versus Clarkston, 42 point favorite. I'm going to take Heard County. I, I think they win this one. You know, I think they might put it up in the 50s. I think they cover here. I think Heard County is going to be in the 50s. Uh, Harrelson County at home versus North Murray, essentially a pick'em. Harrelson County is a two-point dog at home against North Murray, and you know what? I think the Rebels get their first win. I think the Re- I think the Rebels get their first win of the season this year. I think they get it out there. I think they beat North Murray once again. Another team that started 0-4. They face Rabin County, Bremen, Mary Persons, and Upson Lee. I mean, a lot like a lot like Heard County. They both faced Rabin County. They both faced Bremen. Uh, Mary Persons is number 10 in the state. And Upson Lee's a, a really solid team this year. I think Harrelson County wins this. North Murray right now 2-2 two and two in the season beat Pickens and Ridgeland. Uh, they put up 63 on Ridgeland. The thing that I worry about Harrelson County in this, in this game is North Murray can score. And they can score in bunches. So Harrelson County is going to have to limit the amount of possessions. Harrelson County's strategy going into tonight and Temple's strategy going into tonight is going to be very, very similar. Hold on to the ball, burn the clock, and limit as many possessions as you possibly can for the opposing offense. But give me Harrelson County. Give me Harrelson County as a two-point dog at home. Uh, Mount Zion is on the road at Jasper County. Jasper County is a 10-point favorite in that game. Uh, Mount Zion losing their first game of the season last week versus uh, – oh, my mind just went blank. Who'd they play? Uh, Brookstone. Brookstone. Losing to Brookstone 38-14 to at home. Uh, 10, 10 point favorite Jasper County. I, I don't think they're going to cover. I think this is, this feels like a more like a three point game to me. It feels like a three point game. And, uh, Brad Gordon has mentioned a bunch of times last year and he's talked about it this year, sort of the challenges of going on the road and, and winning on the road and trying to win on the road. I'm going to pick Jasper County, but I don't think they cover that 10 and it wouldn't surprise me. If the Eagles get back on the winning streak and beat Jasper County uh, before they have a run, of, you know, a couple, couple private schools coming up on their schedule, so I, I gotta, I gotta take Jasper County at home. But don't, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Mount Zion wins this one on the road. And if they get a big win, a big win on the road, they'd be three and zero start the season off on the road, which I know Coach Brad Gordon out there in Mount Zion would absolutely love. Uh, in the last game, Villarica is a 14-point favorite at uh, at home versus Banneker. It's homecoming night for Villarica, folks. Listen to this. Listen to me. I've watched every single Villarica game this year, and I've broken down film from every single Villarica game this year. I watched every single Banneker tape I could yesterday. Not even tape. It's online. I don't know why I still say tape. The fact that Villarica is an only, only a 14-point favorite at home, it's a little disrespectful to what the Villarica Wildcats are and have the potential to be this year. Villarica will probably win this game by 40. I I don't see a lot on Banneker's side that makes me think that they can 
hold Villarica's offense to under under 40 points. And I would be completely shocked if Banneker scored a single point versus Villarica's defense. Now, in the fourth quarter, when Villarica brings in some JV, some freshmen to play to get some playing time, sure, Banneker might score a couple of garbage time touchdowns. But against the varsity versus varsity, I'd be very shocked if Banneker scored a single touchdown versus Villarica. And I watch their kicking game. They will not be kicking any field goals. And if we force Banneker to punt, we are going to have phenomenal field position. Uh, the 14-point favorite for Villarica, I don't know who set this or why they set it. Uh, I take Villarica at minus 14. I take Villarica at minus 21. I take Villarica at minus 28. I think Villarica wins this one somewhere around 55 to 7 49 to nothing it has that type of field game to me i've watched a bunch of banneker stuff and uh banneker is not a good team uh let's get to the marine south scoreboard from last night bremen beat kohulu creek four to nothing bowden beat landmark christian 18 to nothing Carrollton beat Heard county two to nothing and central beat sonoraville three to one on the stump at games and events calendar for tonight High school football, Friday Night Lights, baby. Bowden is at home versus Temple. Bremen on the road at Ridgeland. Carrollton on the road at Hillgrove. Heard County at home versus the Arugulas in Clarkston. Harrelson County at home versus North Murray. Mount Zion on the road at Jasper County. And Villarica at home versus Banneker. Let's get to the Incredible Pulp soft earned dollar segment. Uh, I've done horrible the past couple of weeks. Absolutely horrible. I am, I'm like minus 30 bucks in the past like two or three weeks. Uh, I've done a horrible job. To be fair, on my part, probably stupid picks. Uh, a lot of a lot of plus 3400s, plus 1400s. I've thrown in a bunch of goofy stuff. Uh, so horrible picks on my part. <clears throat> I didn't give my chance to. Com- uh, I didn't give myself. I didn't give myself a chance to compete. I'm at 169.33. Billy is at 220. Or excuse me, 299.29. So if he just hits one or two bets this weekend, he will eclipse that 300 mark. My bets for this weekend, my incredible Pope, soft earned dollars, locks of the week, Bijan Robinson, anytime touchdown for the Falcons against the Lions. That is at a minus 105. Penn State is a 14 and a half point favorite against Iowa at home uh, at minus 110. Folks, all I have to tell you about this game, if you want to bet on this game, I haven't watched much Penn State this year. I haven't watched much Iowa this year. I do know Iowa put up 40-something points last week, so good on the Hawkeyes. Uh, I watched a little bit of tape on both of these teams yesterday. The first thing that popped out to me, that jumped out to me on the tape, what I was looking at, Iowa has two white cornerbacks and a white safety. You don't see that in D1 football or the NFL. That has me terrified for what's going to happen to Iowa secondary tomorrow night. Give me Penn State and give me covering them at a 14 and a half. And then another line that kind of surprised me, FSU, the number one team in the nation, is going on the road. They are at Clemson. They're only a point and a half favorite. Only a point and a half favorite on the road at Clemson. And Clemson, I I think Clemson's dynasty is over. I think Dabo Swinney's dynasty that he built there, I think it's collapsed. I think it's completely gone. DJ Ugalungalale and whoever else they have playing quarterback up there has not looked good this year. Uh, FSU, a point and a half favorite on the road at Clemson minus 110. 
10. Billy's locks of the week are this old miss in the money line versus Alabama at a plus 210. Alabama's struggling, guys. Alabama is absolutely struggling right now. I like that money line pick from uh, from old miss. Uh, Billy also picked the Florida State versus Clemson game at a minus 110, uh, minus one and a half favorite. For Florida State, they're a point-and-a-half favorite. And he has uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite versus the Houston Texans. Houston Texans looked like they had a little life last week. C.J. Stroud threw for, I think, near 400 passing yards. C.J. Stroud looked pretty good. Um, But Jacksonville Jaguars as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at home versus the Texans. That is also a minus 110. And that is the incredible pulp locks of the week. Let's get to another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Strawn with Robert Goosby Real Estate Group. Don't forget, on the 30th, eight days from today, a week from tomorrow, six days from Sunday, we are having the TM5 takeover at Sissy's Trackside Pub in Villarica. If you want to come out and watch Georgia play Auburn at 3.30, I will probably be getting there somewhere around 2.30 or 3, somewhere between 2 and 3. I have a game that morning. Uh, But Billy and I will both be up there at Sissy's Trackside Pub. If you mention to your server that you are there with the Morning 5 guys, you get 10% off your food order. And, folks, the food up there is good. You know, the beer is fantastic, but you can get a cold beer just about anywhere. The food there, it's really, really good. The tater tots are probably some of the best tater tots I've ever had in my entire life. The hamburger is phenomenal. The Bloody Marys are great. They have a... um, they have a brunch deal they do on Sundays, which is delicious. Bacon, eggs, sausage. They have some French toast. They do that on Sundays after church. It's really, really good. Uh, the wings up there are phenomenal. It's one of my favorite, probably my favorite place in Villarica to get their wings. I get the hot, and I think it's uh, sweet chili. The hot and sweet chili mixed. Oh, so good. Tater tots are great. Uh, the, um, the fried pickles are really good. So get up there and join us and watch UGA take on Auburn at Sissy's Trackside Pub next week, next Saturday, 9.30. Um, not 9.30 at night. It'll be probably – the game starts at 3.30, and I will be up there somewhere between 2 and 3, and I think Billy probably will be the same. Uh, yesterday, Cowboy star cornerback Trayvon Diggs suffers a torn ACL. I, you hate to see it, especially on a, a defense that has been so insane this year. They've been the best defense in football. Um, at some points, I thought they were going to outscore our offense. Uh, and you hate to see this. You hate to see Trayvon Diggs going down with a torn ACL. Oregon State's AD promotion relegation model worthy of a study. Thank you, Oregon State AD. Oregon State AD. He knows what I'm thinking about. He knows what he's thinking about. He says, as you think about the future of even media rights, I think it's sort of relegation model either in Unequal distribution, a contractual of teams and or peers relegating will take place. I think that's coming. I would love it. I think it's a great idea. I think it would promote games for lower schools that are trying to get promoted into the top tier of college football. I think it's a phenomenal idea. and I would love to see college football go to it. Uh, Giant Saquon Barkley reveals he suffered a high ankle sprain, which is great because A, I have him on my fantasy team, and B, we thought he was going to be out for the year. His reaction to his ankle when it happened, I thought he was done for the year, so that's great to hear out of the Giants camp and Saquon Barkley. And it was it was clear last night that offense is nothing without Saquon Barkley. Dan Jones is an absolute laughingstock joke of a quarterback. Uh, the United States women down South Africa as Julie Ertz says farewell to international play. Julie Ertz, a great a great ambassador for the sport of uh, women's soccer. 
United States wins last night three to nothing, and Julie Ertz played uh, played her last game, played her last game for the United States women's national team. She said she is beyond grateful for all the uh, all the respect and be able to represent the United States and, and women's soccer and all the great support she's gotten from fans over the years. And today in 1993, the Texans Rangers, Nolan Ryan at the age of 46 pitches his last ever game, and it wouldn't surprise me if his last ever game he struck out like. 13 batters and win a complete game or something like that because that's what, what Nolan Ryan did. That's what Nolan Ryan did. That is it. That's it. Another week gone. Man, we're only a week away from October. That's really, really crazy. That is that is absolutely mind-blowing that September has just flown past. Next week is the last week of September. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely nuts. But for Billy Lindahl, I am Bryce Sparling. Thank you for listening to The Morning Five here on a Fiscally Irresponsible Friday. We will see you on Monday. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbor! Just shake them! Shake your neighbor!